Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. From the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Colter Nuanez. You know, one of the things we love about football are audibles, and those are also possible in radio. It's Tutel Nuanez, one of tonight ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with you on this Monday afternoon. Hope you are well. Hope you are keeping a safe distance and staying in. Staying in with your radios on, of course. We appreciate that. 329-1899, the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. And if you'd like to listen live, you can certainly do that on the stream anytime you'd like. 1029ESPN.com, the stream available all the time. Thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Now, we are going to get to Tom Wistersill in the eligibility conversation either today or tomorrow. But we have had a, uh, a phone call come in, and this is one that you take every time that it comes. Dan Hawkins, the head coach of the UC Davis Aggies, is joining us. He, We've put together, Colt, you started to put together a football coaches series uh, f- of Big Sky coaches. And Coach Hawkins, thanks so much for being here. We appreciate it. You are number one on the list, my friend. You got to kick the door down. Congratulations. How are you, Coach? I was actually trying to get some Chinese food, and then your guy picked up. So I- <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the delivery from Missoula, Montana, while we do have some good Chinese places here, might be a little bit far to get there. It might be Davis, cold, California. right, by the time it gets to Davis, uh, by, by the time it gets there. Well, we appreciate you calling on anyway uh, uh, very much at doing this with us. It's great to have you on, and i got to ask you, what is the state of affairs like in Davis, California? Now, we're here in Montana, and we, we kind of see it all coming from the coast right here with this you know coronavirus deal. But how is it going for you and your team and your family, everybody there? It's actually fine. I mean, we're technically – we're on spring break right now. So um, most of our guys have, uh, have left town. But uh, we're kind of operating remotely. And as long as your internet works or your phone works, you're – you're kind of good to go. So uh, we just finished up our winter quarter and fixing to head into the spring quarter. Our spring quarter will be online um, 
And then I think, you know, like everybody else, to try to figure out middle of April what's the next move. Right. Well, I'm looking at my email right now, and I see the Big Sky has now officially suspended spring all spring athletic activities through May 15th. So for some schools in the Big Sky, that means uh, a further delay of spring football. Because I know uh, schools like Portland State, Montana, they had started. Uh, schools like Montana State had not started yet. What was your guys' stats? Because I know, like you said, Coach, you guys are on quarters. So how does this impact just the schedule of spring football? Will you guys try to get any spring football done? We actually are done. We got Look at done. that. We, we started a week uh, after uh, signing date. And uh, so we get out the gate and go. We, we try to leave spring quarter open for our guys to uh, – some of them study abroad. Some of them take internships. Our strength coach loves it because loves it he gets 10 uninterrupted <laughs> weeks to work with our guys. So uh, I would love to tell you that I had some kind of crystal ball and saw this coming, but I didn't. Well, we Sometimes you get lucky, and uh, we got lucky. We just got ours done early. When it comes to spring football, Coach, what do you try and accomplish at that time? Like, What's, what's the goal for you and UC Davis in, in, in the spring football practices? Well... It's interesting because when you come from an era when you didn't really have spring football and right. now you have spring football, and uh, we always wonder <laughs> at what price is spring football, meaning wear and tear on guys or injuries. or We try to really work the heck out of fundamentals, work on our base things. Um, obviously, you kind of want to see the young guys and see what they've, they've got and you want to develop them. Uh, you certainly don't want to have anybody get hurt, uh, but... I know it was back in the old days, but not everybody had spring football. Back in the old days, you played basketball and baseball, and you went and worked on the farm in the summertime, and you showed up in August and got ready to go. Uh, so sometimes, trust me, sometimes I kind of think, man, are we, we overdoing this? And to some degree, I think some, some people may get lucky by not having spring football. Mm. <laughs> and nope. give guys a chance to heal up. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Recovery's kind of coming back into vogue these days, both with sleep and time away and time off. and Maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Well, I talked to Jeff Choate at Montana State this afternoon, and he said, uh, the edited version, he said, you know my thoughts on spring football. They're well documented. To hell with it. We're good. We didn't need it anyways. But it sounds like you guys took advantage of it. I think one of the main storylines coming out of your camp, though, is – the quarterback, because you guys have had an outstanding, outstanding quarterback in Jake Mayer. He's been a great friend of this show, come on many times with us. He's a phenomenal kid, so smart, so articulate, and also had a phenomenal career throwing for more than 10,000 yards and, and leading you guys to a bunch of victories. So where does it start trying to go about replacing a guy like that? Well, we're in negotiations right now with Dave Dickinson because I don't think he's going to play. There and, you go. Uh, I was actually up there during the season. He looks in good shape. He can still throw it. And uh, <laughs> so we're thinking CFL won't go. We'll get Dave back in the league and uh, see what he's got. No, uh, we got a bunch of we got a bunch of guys. We really do. About a bunch of guys we like. And uh, we're trying to get that sorted out. They all played well in the, in the spring. And then we've got a couple of uh, guys coming in here in the fall. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But uh, Jake. Uh, we'll miss him, but we have great culture. Tim Plow's the best OC in the country and does a great job with our quarterback room. And um, really pleased. We'll just we'll just have to see. Shoot, we started uh, Jake. He didn't even come. He wasn't here until the summer. He was a JC guy. Didn't come till the summer and ended up having a pretty good year his first year out of the gate. And 
everybody we have has at least uh, a year under their belt. Um, so I think we'll be productive there. We're just not sure where we're going, which direction yet. You mentioned, you alluded to exactly what my next question was going to be, and that is when you are trying to find a new quarterback, but you have such a talented young play caller and a guy like Tim Plow. How much does that ease the transition? And what is it? I mean, you're you're a guy that's been an innovative offensive mind in your career as well. But what is it about Tim Plow's offense that makes quarterbacks go and his ability to relate to quarterbacks? What makes what helps them develop in your guys' well, system? You got to you got to go back to a, a long legacy of of outstanding quarterback play at UC Davis and uh, the legacy of Jim Soaker and you know on to Bob Biggs and and of course uh, Tim played for Bob Biggs, and, and he befriended Jim Soaker when Jim was done coaching. Obviously, Chris Peterson came out of Davis as well. You know, Paul Hackett was a quarterback guy, but Mike Bellotti was a Davis guy. This this legacy goes back a long time, and we have more quarterbacks, really, that played in the NFL than probably 30 40% of the Pac-12 teams. Um, so Tim comes out of that legacy, and I think there's just a, a really great culture around what the quarterback is um, what he's supposed to be. Tim exudes that every day. He's extremely smart and bright in what we do football wise, but it's everything from leadership and handling yourself and, and the sports psychology of it um, and really being the quarterback and, and how you handle that. Uh, I was actually um, reading an article about Colt McCoy and one of his previous uh, NFL stops, the coach whose name I won't mention got him in front of the room and wanted him to draw up a play in front of the team of a play that they did not have in the playbook. And he kind of did it to embarrass him. And I thought, man, what a, what a travesty. What a, what a, what a guy that has no clue how to coach kids, let alone how to coach a quarterback. So can you imagine you're a young guy in the national football league and your head coach does that to you in front of the team? I mean, that's, that's just ridiculous. Right. And, so I just think Tim has that whole full scope of sports psychology and knowledge and fundamentals. And so, like I said, it, 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 the culture in our quarterback room, it's like syrup, man. It runs out over the floor and gets all over everybody's shoes. And uh, those kids really do a nice job. And Tim, Tim has got a good full room that can handle uh, a lot of football. Dan Hawkins joining us. He's the head coach of the UC Davis Aggies. Had he was fourth season as head coach at Davis, and you know you alluded to it a little bit there uh, to some extent, uh, uh, coach. But I've always uh, really admired and enjoyed your philosophy as it's pertained to coaching in general and the kids and and you know the competition isn't about the other team; it's about yourselves and and all of that sort of thing. And two years ago, you have this outstanding season, and then last year, a very tough schedule that you played, and you were close in some really good football games and didn't maybe have the ultimately the record that you thought you might have but all of that stuff it just gets measured sort of internally it seems like against yourselves like you say each and every day where are you at coming out of the last two years and the program heading into next year uh, not even with expectations because I don't know that you even have expectations but with the way that the program is going right now yeah we just try to reinvent ourselves and I know people think ah oh, that's corny that's garbage and yeah, we know Bobby does a great job, and the Grizz got after us, and Choder got after us, and you know we, we get all that. We we do. There's a lot of great coaches and players and teams, but you know we're just trying to really look at everything we do and try to do it better um, than we did last year. That's coaching and playing and everything we do and facilities and all that. And 
we're just we're just trying to get better. We're just trying to improve. We're trying to look at every facet of what we do and go, how can we cinch it up a few notches and uh, kind of keep the whole thing in perspective. Our school's done a great job supporting football, and we're getting ready to build a $60 million facility here. And I'm sure this virus is going to close it down a little bit, but uh, we were going to throw a shovel in the ground in May, but our field is already done. Um, recruiting is going well. So uh, we're just trying to just get better. I'm trying to get better. I'm, I've been fascinated by this game, and it's changed dramatically. Shoot, even in the last five years, dramatically changed. So that's always the challenge to get up and, and try to address things in a new way. And, hey, here we are. Look at where we're at right now. There's very few generations have had to do what we're doing right now. So we've got to figure out ways to cope and, and uh, find solutions and get through it. Back to quarterback play. There's a great article in Sports Illustrated a couple weeks ago about why exactly it is that guys like Philip Rivers and Tom Breeze and and Tom Brady and Drew Brees can be the most coveted free agents on the market, even though they've been in the league for almost 20 years and in Brady's case, more than 20 years. And they talked all about the element of banked reps, but also just the geometry of what it is to play quarterback. And the more you've seen, then the more you can memorize, and then the more you can regurgitate. It doesn't matter if you lose maybe some athleticism. Your brain becomes more sharp, more sharp, more sharp. I thought it was such an acute way of describing the mental element of playing quarterback. We've talked extensively about your guys' great academic curriculum, the fact that it's a premier school. How do those two things go hand in hand? When you're recruiting quarterbacks, do you feel like you guys have um, maybe a little bit more refined way of recruiting a quarterback because you can recruit such intellectually capable guys? Yeah, but... Yeah, you guys know how that goes. It's not these guys aren't smarter than anybody else. I mean, go go to your go anywhere and where do you find the they're the most disciplined. They work the hardest. They overcome adversity. They, you know, all that. They're committed. All those things kind of go into it. Um and that's really what it comes down to. I mean, the kids we get aren't any smarter than than anybody else's, but uh hey, hey they go to class. Hey, they show up early. Hey, they look at the scouting report. Hey, they look at the game plan. Um, I mean, th- those kinds of things. They, they're just those kinds of kids. And, th- and now those are the kids that use you well academically, and those are the kids that do well in life. And so we, we certainly get our, our share of them. But I think there's a lot of things that go into making a great quarterback. And, you know, you mentioned Drew Brees, and here's a guy that really almost bounced out of the league, you know, almost didn't, didn't make it. And shoot, Tom Brady kind of languishes around, and then, you know, Drew gets hurt and, and Tom gets his shot, and he makes the most of it. So sometimes, again, it's the culture, and it's the climate. And uh, are you in it to develop kids? Are you in it to have a, a, a chemistry and a culture that allows people to be the best version of themselves? Or are you going to try to get them in front of the team and embarrass them? Uh, like, you know, so that's a lot of it as well, is how you, how you coach guys, how you treat guys. Are you developing people for – mastery orientation are you developing people for ownership uh are you do you feel yourself as a coach are you a a servant to these guys trying to help them get better are you there you know trying to be the 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 dominator that's in it for a control feature and um so i think a lot of those things go go hand in hand but those guys you mentioned i mean shoot certainly brady and certainly breeze you know philip was maybe a little bit different but uh shoot Brady and Breeze could have easily not even made it in the league. Right. Well, it is interesting, too, because so much of this stuff is about fit sometimes, isn't it? So how do you find guys that fit you, that fit what you want? I can't tell you that. You got <laughs> That's the secret. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
See, he, he thinks he thinks we're spies for the Montana schools. Is right. what's going we're spies. trying to yeah, we're trying to dig out that debt. See, we're, uh, we're that, mostly that we're mostly in this world of uncertainty in sports. We're mostly just trying to transition into a comedy show. We so we figured, right. we figured that the two best guys we could have on would be Dan Hawkins and Bruce Barnum because you guys can tell jokes for days. We don't even need to know about football. No, I I, I think I think everybody again. It doesn't matter if it's your radio station or local construction firm or. I think everybody has a certain culture and a certain guy that they want, and and you know that that's it is really just trying to do a good job of ascertaining what that what that really is. And you're never a hundred percent by any means uh, in terms of finding that information out. But you know, I, I'm not one of those guys. Hey, we're not better than Montana. They're not better than Montana State. They're not better than Weaver. They're not better than Colorado or Notre Dame or Tennessee or. And that's the game that some people get into. They're all different. They got different weather. They got different distance from home, different town, different culture, schools, majors, football programs, all that. You're trying to find the guy that wants your culture and what your package is. And I think the better job you do trying to figure that out, the more happy the the kid's going to be, you know, whether he's in Missoula or Bozeman or, or Davis. We'll get you out of here on this, Coach. Uh, Coach Barnum, last time he was on, said, uh, Hawk tells a better story than Disney. So we'll leave it open to you. Tell us one of your favorite stories, one of your favorite memories from this last year of UC Davis football. Just something that maybe people don't know about that was just a fun moment for you. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. That's a lot of pressure. I mean, Disney <laughs> did pretty well for himself, if I understand it correctly, on the I'll storytelling you, I'll tell you, front. I will, I'll tell you a little story. It's kind of a football story. So I'm in, I'm in Boise State, and it's, we're playing in our bowl game. And, it's I mean, it's cold. Like, it's 17 degrees, I think. It's. It's pretty nippy, so it's the bowl game there at the end of the year, and um, we are playing Iowa State, and uh, the, the crew that's doing the game is an ACC crew. And it was the year, really, when they emphasized no fighting, and they said if anybody throws a fist, even if they throw it and they miss, that they're ejected. So one of their guys takes a big old haymaker at one of our guys and misses you know, right in front of the officials. So I'm going, okay, there it is. He's out. He's out. Throw him out. And so I'm going, hey, you know you're making that call in Tallahassee. You know you're making that call in Tallahassee. <laughs> these guys are an ACC crew, right? Right. So I'm on him about Tallahassee. So he kind of sidles back up to me and just has his back to me. He never looks at me. And he goes, he goes, son, this is not Tallahassee. <laughs> and I'm listening, and he goes, and you darn sure ain't Bobby Bowden. <laughs> and I said, that's a good one. That's a good one. I got to respect that. That's a good one right there. Uh, the, I'm telling you, priceless. If we could have the conversations between the coaches and the refs mic'd up, it would be the greatest thing. And the next best thing, a story from, from the man himself, Dan Hoggins. Coach, hey, thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate you taking the time out and uh, and cheering us up a little bit around here. All right, stay safe and be well down there. We'll look forward uh, to this upcoming season, okay? Yeah, I appreciate it. Stay safe, and uh, we'll all get through this and uh, have football in the fall. Yes, sir. Dan Hawkins. Head coach of the UC Davis Aggies, man, one of a kind. I, I, I don't know, man. Like I, I, he's been he's 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 been a coach a long time. Okay, he's he's been a lot of places. There's some people I, I don't know. I, my understanding is some people that 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 you know that love this that love Coach Hawkins. Other people not as much. 
I just I just think he's great. I mean, I just the the everything that he's ever said, and I've only covered him since he's been now at UC Davis, not when he was at Boise, Colorado, whatever, all that stuff. But just, you know, his philosophy, the way he goes about it, it's very different from most coaches. I mean, he talked about the domineering type of coach. And look, man, there's a lot of different ways to be sort of domineering or being the man or whatever it is. Uh, And it seems to express itself most obviously in football, man, in in, in men's basketball, too, but football especially and coaching in general. But it's it's developed somehow into this, you know, uh, 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 you know, leading by shouting type of deal and by the way i'm a yeller myself i got no problem yelling believe me have my kids over for a day and see if we have a problem yelling. and not in anger okay but just you know high volume level we want to make sure people heard what we had to say for crying out loud so i got on the radio but it just seems like there's so very many ways to go about being a coach and yet so very few are actually attained that's that's my personal fi- feeling, and Coach Hawkins has gone about it a very different way. I couldn't do it the way he does it if I was a head coach. I don't have that ideology about me, per se, that right. would translate, but I love watching guys who do. Absolutely, and Dan Hawkins had he had a phenomenal situation at Boise, and, they, and he used that phenomenal situation and had unprecedented success and laid the foundation for the – Chris Peterson taking yep. Boise to the absolute top Height level of heights. That, a, that a mid-major school has really been to. Oh, f- I no. mean, he's made, basically, they made Boise no longer a mid-major school, although they have come a little bit back to the back. They're, they're still top 25 I mean, in they're the still perennial top yeah. 25, absolutely, yeah. and, and that's saying something out of the Mountain West, no question. But a lot of times it's about your fit, too, because Hawkins, his whole philosophy then, that it was the same philosophy as he had at Willamette when he won a national championship, as he yeah. had at Boise State where he won – multiple WAC championships and hardly lost a conference game as it was at Colorado. And it didn't fit at Colorado. He didn't, and he wasn't able to do it. Right. But now he's at and it seems he's at his alma mater and it seems like it's going a lot more smoothly. That said, you can have all the philosophies you want. Sometimes you got to just have players. It remains to no be doubt. seen. It still remains to be seen. I mean, they won, they shared the big sky championship two years ago. They went to the playoffs. They were a seed, won a game in the playoffs. And then this last year, they, they kind of fell back down to earth. There's a lot of things that went into that. But it also still remains to be seen. When you got Keelan Doss, you got a pretty good shot. It doesn't matter what your culture is. When you got a dude who you could throw the ball 125 times a year for three years in a row, yeah. <laughs> pretty good chance. Yeah, I think they've done a good job recruiting, no doubt. But I think this next year is going to be a pivotal year because now he no longer has Jake Mayer. He no longer has Keelan Doss. How do they sustain? I mean, it is just, I think UC Davis has a... a Enough of a transition, or excuse me, enough of a foundation and enough of a recruiting base that they're they're never going to be the bottom of the barrel right. in the Big Sky. But are they ever going to be any more than just a six and five, seven and four team? Other than that year where they won ten games, we'll see. It remains to be seen. But I agree, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I think that the number one flaw we see in college football right now, and I think it's going to be the thing that makes the gap continue to extend between the elite programs, more more than just the money, which is something I'm always bemoaning and complaining about, but more than just the money is the fact that you have the resources, so you also have the stability. Places like Ohio State and Alabama and Clemson, those are corporations. I mean, they're juggernauts. Right. But the stability, the fit, when you can be at a place for more than 10 years, what you can become 
is just so tremendous because you can recruit every single person in your organization. There could be people, no one in your organization that does not agree with you. Right. That's the biggest problem, I think, in the FBS level of football. I can't remember the exact percentage, but Jeff Trout quoted a stat. He said it was, it was something crazy, something like almost half of the coaches at the FBS level had been at their school for two or three years or less because people make changes so quickly. I think there's no possible way to find success if you're making a change every three years. Right. It doesn't matter what your resources are. Like, look at Texas. You can't you can't just make a change because you're not going to have everybody in your organization on the same page. And I think that's what you're alluding to is the fact that to really every style works if you have a chance to fully implement it. Yeah, I think that's why people around the state of Montana, particularly at the University of Montana, should be very optimistic with Bobby Houck's new four-year contract extension because he's already implemented all of his all the things that he wants his organization to be about. But if he has a sustained and an elongated period of time to do it, and he has everybody on the organization organization on the same page, now all of a sudden now you have the blueprint to get back to the place that the Grizz once were. Carl Tyler's Missoula Volkswagen, locally owned, community driven. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to push Tom Wistersil to tomorrow because we do want to talk about the eligibility. And again, as you mentioned, Coulter, an eligibility vote coming up in a week from today on March 30th on exactly how the eligibility is going to work for kids who didn't get to finish their winter sports, which seems like that's probably just going to be a, a loss and then just a disappointing end to, to the careers. But it seems like there is going to be uh, some relief for kids who did not get to play at all in their spring sports, which were canceled. And so we will uh, hear from him about that and then uh, discuss that a little bit more tomorrow. But next, a quite the anomaly in Atlanta, the Falcons – presumed starters on offense every one of them all 11 former first round draft picks that is amazing with the uh get of todd Gurley rounding out the uh the number ones or the top the first rounders all the way through so we will uh discuss that and uh the chances of the falcons to actually be good i'm not overly optimistic i'm not I'm not buying just first-rounders here. I'll tell you that right now. We'll get to that right after this. Hey, right now, through April 15th at Kurtz Polaris, it's snow check season. Experience the ultimate in performance, breakthrough technology, and intelligent innovation from Polaris with the introduction of their 2021 snowmobiles. Get to Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula and Highway 83 in Sealy. to choose from over 100,000 different combinations to customize your sled and be the first to get your 2021 Polaris snowmobile. That's right. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Get over there. They will walk you through all of the different types, combinations, things that you want to make the sled exactly what you want it to be, and then you'll be the first to get them when they, in fact, come out. Visit Kurtz to learn more about the 2021 lineup and also for special snow check warranty and financing offers. All the innovation and customization that it's possible to have is waiting for you right now during the snow check season at Kurtz Polaris online. KurtzPolaris.com. You know, Coulter, the online world is complex, and it's even the more complex when you have a business that's online. And let's be honest, every business is online in this day and age. How nice would it be if you had a company that could help you make your business demands simpler and the approach easier to understand while also making it secure? One of the great books ever written, Eric Hoffer, The True Believer. One of the theses in this book is man of ideas and men of action. Sometimes the men of ideas need men of action. We need help. We need help with all of the logistics of technology. Boy, do we. I got nothing but ideas, and I got no clue how to do any of this other stuff. So that's why you call our friends at Blackfoot. 
Blackfoot Communications are your men and women of action when your business online needs help, needs security, and needs to, frankly, just stay functioning. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. Ensure that your company is online all the time. Get the people of action from Blackfoot Communications. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Coulter, uh, you told me something today which I did not know. Uh, I'm still slightly incredulous towards, but your insistence makes me a believer, and that is that the Atlanta Falcons expected starting 11, all 11 on offense, former first-round first draft picks, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and now they go ahead and they get themselves a running back, Todd Gurley, formerly of the Los Angeles Rams. Now, I don't know that this makes them good, but it is quite the phenomenon. I mean, you load up. Who cares what you draft if all the draft picks just end up on your team anyway, right? This is this is so interesting to me because these are a bunch of players who are great players. And Talented it's, players. Exactly. Some of these guys have not become great players because of a lot of different circumstances. I think that's the most interesting part about this, right? There are some guys on this team who are no question great Hall of Famers. I mean, Julio Jones Hall of Famer. And then there's a bunch of guys who it's like, well, why aren't you on the team that drafted you if that's the way that it turned out? Uh, you know, well, well, why is that the case? I don't know. Here's my question. Who's going to be better? All the first rounders on the Atlanta Falcons or all the sixth rounders on the New England Patriots? You still haven't gotten into the shop yet, right? No, haven't. Okay. So I watched. Now would be the time. Well, that, I mean, I caught up on it. I watched, I think, six consecutive episodes. There. Okay. They're, they're actually only like 23 minutes long. So All right. Watching, I mean, it only took me less than two hours. It was like watching a movie or something. But for those who don't know, The Shop, un- uninterrupted, it's LeBron James and Maverick Carter's talk show. And it's not a talk show. It's more just a roundtable, conversation. conversation. And they talk about all sorts of interesting stuff. It's mostly not about sports. It's mostly about society, pop culture race a lot of really smart subjects and it's it's one of the best shows on all of television i think but kevin love and puff daddy p diddy and cj mccollum got into quite the conversation the other day and they were on on the one i think it's the second most recent episode and they were talking about what what makes a phenomenal top-notch elite athlete right how does someone take the baseline talent that it takes to be a first-round pick like a lot of these guys and then actually affirm that affirm that you are worth a first-round pick become a pro bowler become an all-star and they were talking all about the element the the mental elements of it And, and so much of it comes down to your ability to overcome adversity let adversity fuel you but also so much of it comes down to opportunity Embracing opportunity, don't fold under opportunity. So much of it comes down to luck, not getting injured. But more than anything, Kevin Love said that it comes down to love of the game. Do you remain in love with the game? Because you will not be a 10-year veteran in any sport if you don't love the game, unless you're just a completely anomalous freak athlete. Even then, you'll probably have a disappointing career compared to what you could have had. For sure. But I thought that was so interesting because what then I was thinking, what would make you lose the love of the game? Because so many people like us that work in sports talk radio or that 
at certain points in our life or currently in our lives idolize athletes, we would say, man, we would do anything, anything to yep. be Julio Jones, to be mm-hmm. Todd Gurley, to be Matt Ryan. But I think that one factor is you just can't you can't express really how disheartening it is to have great talent and get hurt. It's it takes the most special people to suffer devastating injuries like Adrian Peterson has, and then come back at an elite mm-hmm. level. Like the, the mm-hmm. amount of I think the general public has gotten a little bit. It's been washed over how serious surgery is, right? Because guys do come back from it because they have such great surgeons. But just to come back from any surgery, anybody out there that's listening that's had any sort of just procedure of any sort, it's really hard to come back from. But I just think this roster is so interesting because you got guys like Matt Ryan are a little bit past his prime. You got guys like Todd Gurley. Can he refine the love of the game? Can he refine the burst in his legs because of just the injuries? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's love or if it's right just physiological. But then you got a guy like Julio Jones who's been hurt multiple times in his career yep. and has never taken a step back. Always gets back to the top level. I just I find it a fascinating analysis because when you look at these guys on paper, you think, well, there's a lot of talent there, but can they produce? And it just shows to you how hard it is to make ends meet. It certainly does. You know, I, I want to touch though on this love of the game part of it because now this is a, a ridiculous analogy. I know, okay, but I don't think I'm alone. I love road trips, right? Get in the car, right. go, right? Have have fun, see the world, do the thing. Once upon a time, in one of my several former lives, I thought about. I worked for a trucking company, and I thought, hey, what if I became a trucker? Okay, wife and I jump in the big rig. Hit the interstates, the highways and byways of America and everything like that. And on one hand, there's a certain, maybe, maybe, maybe it's crazy. I mean, look, nobody knows better than I do the the the, 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 the uh, belief or the, the conception that people have about truckers and truck drivers, okay? But just the act of getting in there and going on a drive, that's your job, sounds great to me on a certain level. But the more I thought about it, the more I looked at it, you know, you don't get to go on a drive. You have to. Right. You're required not to go where you want, but to go to this place and be there in this time. And you're not pulling over to look at the giant ball of yarn or the Mitchell Corn Palace or whatever it might be. And so the thing that originally held such intrigue and joy of just getting on in the in the car and going for a ride loses it when all of a sudden it's not on your terms anymore. And to be able to be a professional athlete, I think people love so much the idea of it, but I think you drop somebody into that life and they go, whoa, this is not what I signed up for. Sure, the nice car. Sure, the nice house. Okay, the nice dinners. Right. But I got to do what? Every single day, I got to be in, I got to have how many ice baths? I got to have how many tapings? I got to have how much film session and this and this and right, this. Right. And like, oh, well, I'd be okay with it. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. It becomes an absolute grind. And that's the NFL because there is so much film study and, and take care of your body and all that. You got baseball where practice, practice. You're, I mean, even though there's not practice every day because there's a game every day, you have batting practice and you're warming up and you got to get in there for you treatment. practice before you play every single day the most demar Derozan was on the most recent the shop though and he said the most fascinating learning curve he had to go through was it's not how busy you are it's how you don't have anything to do he said mm. in the nba you might be on a road trip where you got five games in seven days that's the only requirement you got be at shoot around 90 minutes before the game starts you can do whatever the hell you want right. <laughs> there's nothing to do and he said on the day, days that are off days when you're home or like when it's the off season, 
there might be an hour worth of required team activity. And he said the number one thing he had to learn was I can either just do whatever I want and trick off and just go eat fast food and go to the movies and go to the mall and buy all the stuff and play video games and just live like a teenager or I go go to to work. I go to work. I can put in six hours my own self and then go to my two-hour required and do an eight-hour day of work. And he said that's what took him from, you know, a talented guy to a perennial all-star. Yeah. I think that's where some guys get so lost in the NBA. Right. That's the only argument I agree with in terms of making the guys be a little bit older is – but even really, what's the difference between 18 and 19? There's really not much difference. But I think that's where guys fall off. Guys like Darius Miles – or Kwame Brown, guys that had insane talent. If you don't have structure, and you never learned structure from college, you never learned time management, even just one year under Coach K, I guarantee you that impacts Zion Williamson so much. He's a seems like such a good-natured and good kid. Yeah. So it's not like I don't think he was a high-risk guy, but you just never know what's going to happen when all of a sudden you've got a pocket full of money and you've got nobody telling you what to do. No wonder these guys have such a hard time acclimating the NFL, I mean, you got to be at work for six to eight hours a day, no doubt. no doubt. But in the NBA, especially if you play for like a veteran team like the Spurs, pop might re- re- require you to be there for 90 minutes, right? two hours. That's it. So everything else is up to you. The amount of self-discipline that takes for a young man, I think, I, I think that's one thing that people maybe don't, don't realize. We'll uh, take a look, by the way, at the evolving Atlanta Falcons roster here in Missoula, Montana. And, uh, you know, keep you updated on how things go. Next, though, the Grizzlies have added a football player to their team who's played one and only one year of organized football. We'll tell you who he is and what's going on with this get. Preferred walk-on for the Grizzlies right after this. Mildenberger Motors in Hamilton, family-owned for 65 years. Best prices on new and used cars and trucks only at Mildenberger Motors. You know, Coulter, the online world is complex, and it's even the more complex when you have a business that's online. And let's be honest, every business is online in this day and age. How nice would it be if you had a company that could help you make your business demands simpler and the approach easier to understand while also making it secure? One of the great books ever written, Eric Hoffer, The True Believer, one of the thesis is in this book is man of ideas and men of action. Sometimes the men of ideas need men of action. We need help. We need help with all of the logistics of technology. Boy, do we. I got nothing but ideas, and I got no clue how to do any of this other stuff. So that's why you call our friends at Blackfoot. Blackfoot Communications are your men and women of action. When your business online needs help, needs security, and needs to, frankly, just stay functioning. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. Ensure that your company is online all the time. Get the people of action from Blackfoot Communications. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. My weekend consisted of no television, no internet, a beautiful lake, a bunch of beautiful mountains, and a radio. 
You know how good I feel right now? Everybody else is, is not everybody else. It's a tough time. I know there's a lot. I, I just couldn't be happier. It's 2 Tell Me One is 1029 ESPN Radio. Hope you are doing well. My best to you, yours, your family. We appreciate you being here with us. If you missed anything in the show, it's easier for you. You can listen on your own time. Maybe you're in your house. You want to get on your device to 1029ESPN.com for the stream or check out the podcast. The podcast is available everywhere. Well, everywhere that you get podcasts. Search Tutel and Nuanas, T-O-O-T-E-L-L-A-N-D. How do you spell your name? N-U-A-N-E-Z. Good job. I just play with you. It's really not that hard. It just it's, is. It's, it's never unique. been that hard, no. but everyone has made it. So you know, Tutel isn't all that difficult either. I mean, it's simply a compound word, but look, man, if you don't know, you don't know. It's okay. I don't begrudge anybody. Uh, in any case, uh, search Tutel Nuanas and uh, rate it, review it, subscribe. We appreciate that. Uh, all of uh, the podcasts brought to us by Blackfoot Communications. My uh, closest aunt and uncle. Yes. I got a lot of aunt and uncles. Both my parents come from big families. But the ones that we grew up with, we my dad lived in several small mining towns. And my uncle Danny worked with him. He, my uncle Danny's a great uh, heavy equipment operator. So he'd always have a job when my dad was the foreman at these mines. But uh, so they've lived in towns of, you know, various, less than 500, 800 people, less than that a lot. And as small as, you know, 150 people often. So they became very um, apt to living in places where they're very isolated, where stocking up on food forever is not that big of a deal. But since then, my Uncle Danny, now he's a trim carpenter over in the Coeur d'Alene Post Falls area. He lives a little bit north of Coeur d'Alene on Hayden Lake. Yep. And uh, he's got a big compound. My cousin Erica has a house on it. My cousin Kyle lives right down the street. Uh, they got his brother, Damon, lives right behind him. My Aunt Jenny still lives there. And then they have another little plot of land, too. So they basically just have like this family estate compound. Yeah. <laughs> My Uncle Daddy, he's totally into, he's a gun, he's a registered gunsmith. He's, you know, he's been prepping for this moment for, for so long. And they texted me the other day and they said, I hope you're enjoying this newfound glory that you're experiencing called social distancing we've been doing it since 1991 <laughs> so amen <laughs> you guys have been waiting for this forever no pressure to ever leave the house you guys are good hey uh listen for those who uh have have gone into that life good for the rest of us which is most of us uh it is a little awkward out there right now trying to figure out how to walk i don't know your dog at the park your family around, not touching the play equipment, not, you know, letting the kids play together and that kind of thing. So it's, it's, there's, there's, there's a lot of weirdness. And then, you know, everybody is trying to kind of figure this thing out and uh, nobody really has any sort of ultimate definitive answer. I think that's the thing. I think the ambiguity of this thing is what sort of is a struggle for a lot of people. And I certainly understand that. I, for one, went up to uh, Flathead Lake with the family just us, nobody else, and just breathe the air. And it was a very invigorating experience. And I encourage anybody, you don't have to be, you go wherever, go to your place, go to wherever it is. When I say your place, I don't mean like you got a house or whatever. I'm just saying go someplace that you like and then just be, you know, reflective, meditative, thoughtful, prayerful, whatever it is. And, you know, I think you realize, you know, things are, you know, the world's still spinning. That's what I think. It's too telling want us. I mean, I totally agree, man. I'm I am a man who produces news for a living, so oftentimes I monitor the Twitter sphere and things like that a lot more frequently than most people. Mm-hmm. 
And I think in some ways that's beneficial to my job. But I will tell you, when this first was going down, I was really in it because I was really trying to get as informed as I possibly could, both for the status of this show as well as just communicating with people around the state and just, you know, talking about what's going on in an educated way. I'll tell you this. You're going to go nuts if you sit on Twitter or sit watching the news no, all day. No. Like you said, go outside and just breathe. Well, I got to say this. We're very lucky. If I was in San Francisco, if I was in L.A., New York, Seattle, that is a whole different experience now what you're having because you can't simply go outside. You know, like, it, you know, just can't. You can't. You know, yeah. in, in certain ways. So we're, 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 we're certainly lucky to be where we are or smart. If we want to give ourselves credit. We had Dan Hawkins kick off our Big Sky Coaches series, and we will have coaches from around the Big Sky on. Got scheduled confirmations from Demario Warren and Bruce Barnum and Jay Hill, and we'll also have Bobby Ock. I talked to Jeff Choate today. It was a little bit of an impromptu call, so Ryan wasn't able to participate, but we will share that interview and its duration next week. One thing that I thought Choate was so interested that he said, he said, no matter who you are, you should write this down. Just yeah. write it down. The journal, experience journal that you're having. It because yeah. it's real-time history that's being made right now, and it's not a good history by any means. It's a very frightening situation. But like all things, this will pass, and someday your kids and your grandkids are going to be asking you about it. Someday people around the community will be asking you about it. So having a chronicle of it, it could be very uh, soothing for people, I think, and give them something productive to do. The history teacher with some good advice. That's right. Uh, Carl Tyler's Missoula Volkswagen. My, people my age are using Instagram as that journal. That's the that's the Ooh. the uh, the archiving piece right there. I did a little bit of that actually. Uh, Carl Tyler's Missoula Volkswagen. Discover ownership, peace of mind with Carl Tyler's lifetime powertrain warranty. Coulter, to wrap up here real quick. The Grizzlies get a new recruit, a preferred walk on, a kid who's very raw, but who is has a ton of potential. Six five. 218 pounds, only played one year of football. This is Michael Ashton, Micah Ashton, excuse me. He's from Del Norte High School, which is where Robbie Houck went to high school as well. A guy who only played one year of organized football, so he's got a ton of upside. He earned himself several Division II offers just in that one year. Mm. But Bobby Houck obviously knows those coaches there from both recruiting at San Diego State and his son going there, so it seems like a good fit. And as we've seen before, I mean, once upon a time, Dan Bowden was a skinny little tight end from Trout Creek, Montana, and then all of a sudden he was playing three sports at the University of Montana and going and playing in the NFL. So, Well, it is remarkable, isn't it, where you know being skilled at your sport is obviously important, but you have, the barrier to entry is athleticism. It's size, it's strength, it's speed, and if you've got that, then you can play and develop the rest as you go, and it seems like this will be a, a project, uh, but one that uh, Montana will undertake. So there you go. We'll talk more certainly about Ashcroft and the rest of the recruits as we go. Boys and girls, have an enjoyable Monday with your families, maybe with your streaming services, with yourselves, with your pets, whatever it might be. Read a book. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Tutel Nuanas, ESPN Radio. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. 
your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.